Hey everybody, we are back with another edition of Casey Music Talk, the awesomest show in the entire universe. <laughs> See your sign? Um, today, I am with a guitar player and very well-known musician here in Kansas City, uh, Nick Schneiderlin. Hi, Dave. Hi, great. Thank you for having me. Dude, yeah, thanks for coming, man. So I met you at your open jam at the Eclipse a yes. long time ago, yeah, when I first in, got into town. Back in Raytown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a really fun time, man. And I was, I was always really impressed, uh, even the other day when I saw you up at... Uh, uh, Coyote Bill's jam, yeah. yeah, and I was just, I was just watching how, uh, how ridiculously comfortable you were up on stage, just shredding it up, you know. I mean, oh, I was just yeah. really, really impressed by that. Thank uh, you, bro. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And so, to, so for the, so for the people that don't know you, tell, tell them a little bit about your, your, your background, like how you <clears> started <throat> playing and and all that, all that stuff. Sure, you know, music, you know, it's been in my family for generations, and. Uh, you know, it's it's been a. I like to think that you know the music's kind of moved through our family, you know, and mm -hmm. through us as individuals, and it kind of it does that in other families too, you know, in many other families, and it's not not uncommon to see musicians who you know come from, you know, uh, a rich heritage of that, you know, and it's there's also uh, musicians that just kind of pop up in a family where you know there's no musicians and I was like oh there's that guy he's really good at you know at, at his at his instrument but he maybe never didn't necessarily do that but I come from a long line of string players mm -hmm. a long line of string players you know and that's that's where my um, you know that's where my roots come from you know and my father played guitar and sang and wrote songs and you know led bands and my mother sang with him and you know in her own bands too um, and she was always a singer um, but it, you know, it continues on, you know, um, my, uh, my, uh, great, my great grandmother was a guitarist too. Mm. And my uh, great grandfather was, they played mandolin <clears throat> and they, they had a, uh, a, a string band in, uh, in Kansas city called the silver string sextet and they had a radio show. Uh, this is like in the, you know, early twenties. Oh, wow. It was like the back then, but yeah, no, my, uh, um, so yeah, my father, my father played and, uh, my mom's mother, uh, her name's Evelyn Skinner, and she had she sang with sang with Count Basie. Oh wow! Back in the forties yeah. and fifties. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah, really and cool. she had her own band too. She back then for for a woman like that to have her own band, mm -hmm. you know, she had that in, in Kansas City, you know, playing Eighteenth and Vine area. Um, but it goes back farther than that. You know, we have um, uh, a family named Satulovich, and there's uh, some violin players from Croatia. Yeah, that's right. Violin players. No, I'm just yeah, that's right. Well, that's not it's true. It's true, you know. And it's continuing, continuing forward. My daughter, uh, you don't know this, but you know, both my I have two daughters, and they both sing. And uh, my I have a ten year old daughter and a four year old, but uh, my ten year old plays violin. Mm -hmm. She's been playing for about eight months, and she's actually doing very well mm -hmm. with it. That's you know? cool. But uh, you know, and and I keep I have a piano tuned in the living room. And we, you know, we, they're allowed to play on that when nobody's sleeping, <laughs> but there are only two rules. If anybody's sleeping, can't play and only hands on the piano, mm, no yeah. toys, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, no banging on. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, we come from a long line of that, you know, and I was about eight years old and, uh, my dad was playing and I didn't, I was still in the ether of childhood, you know, so, mm. so kind of coming around, so to speak. And, uh. 
I showed interest in my dad's guitar and I started um, and then I got a, a small acoustic when I was about eight and played with that for a few years and then uh, had moved into the electric guitar around 11 or 12 mm -hmm. and stuck with it the whole time I got through the rough period of getting your hands together and you know, but then I also got to study, you know, and, but, you know, um, and I started, I had, I had bands, I had, co you know, like cover bands, we had a Rush cover band when I was like mm -hmm. 13 and I was just trying, you know, trying to start. A Rush cover band at 13? Yeah, trying, yeah, no, I was very lucky and fortunate <laughs> to have some cats to play with. Yeah, but, wow. but so that, that was going on, this rock thing was happening, but then uh, my dad was a blues, blues player, he mm -hmm. really got into that when I was about 10. And so he was getting really solid in the blues. And so, and, you know, and so I played, started playing blues when I was about 12 or 13. And then, you know, in high school, my job was playing with my dad, you know, yeah, like wow. one or two nights a, uh, during the week, during the school mm. week, and then on the weekends. Yeah, oh wow. So, so you played quite a bit in high school then, like out. Yeah, but I also, yeah. and I also went to Paseo, Paseo mm. Academy of Fine and Performing Arts. It was a, it's a magnet school in the mm. Kansas City School District. And, uh, um, I got to study four hours of music and uh, arts, and then four hours of academics every day. Mm -hmm. You know, so I studied. I studied classical. I mm -hmm. learned how to sight read. I still do. Yeah, so that's cool. Charts, man. and I got. I got a really good education. I would. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it would to have gone on to college from there would have. You know, been. You know, for music would have been a good move. But I just got out and started playing. Yeah, you know? and uh, but yeah, no. Um, uh, but I, I play clarinet too, and, and oh, really? I don't really, yeah. not really much anymore. But I have a saxophone that, yeah. I, that I that I belt on, and of course I sing too, and mm -hmm. and, and um, you know pursue that as well. And it's and I you know now I'm recording albums. I've played, you know, I've toured and I've played in probably twenty countries, you know, and have made a good living for a long time playing music. And I'm really fortunate, and very lucky. That's cool, that. man. So so, a couple of things you said there that was cool. So. Tell me, like, can you think, like, what's, not just, like, sight reading, but what, like, musical things did you learn from that academy that, that you take with you into your... Uh, everything. Everything, everything. Yeah. yeah. ear training, mm -hmm. uh, interval training, mm -hmm. of course, you know, like you said, sight reading, you know, working with a large orchestra, mm -hmm. you know, and then working in a small ensemble, and working in a, you know, in a solo situation, too. Yeah. So... You know, yeah, it's, you know, you, you learn, you know, how, how that all works and, you know, and it is really helpful and it's just, it, you know, it's a, it's added to my trade, you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, very early on. So it was cool, but yeah, like that was just around music. It was like music all day, oh, music, sure. all, you know, yeah, music yeah. at night, music all day. Yeah. And if I wasn't playing, I was going to jams mm -hmm. and I was being a part of a scene and all yeah. that. And, yeah, you're deep you in know. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I call it deep in, you know, that... I'm always curious about that because part one of the reasons that I made this show is is again I, I you know I'll be perfectly honest with everybody I've I have an agenda to put out there you know there's some topics that I want to discuss you know and Absolutely. one one was the idea of kind of etiquette in general in regards to like your ear and so what I'm meaning by that is is little stuff that I think I picked up after just playing years of orchestra. And one of the idea was just like adjusting to the music, like, like dynamically was, was one, it was one big yes. thing that I think that is not self-evident. And we see it all the time out at the jams, you know, where, where there's people that, that don't understand how to, how to pull back with everybody, push it. People are really good at pushing with everybody. Like that's yeah. easy, but the pulling back and, um, and that, that's why I kind of asked that to, to, 
bait you a little bit and, and talk because the because you can tell the people that have some sort of training and then they come to a rock band and, and a perfect example is Rush you know I mean Rush yeah. are generally fairly trained musicians and if they're if they're not they think like trained musicians you know with playing extremely complicated music or having dynamics or touch or whatever like um, what what do you think about that quality in general as a musician? Well, I, I f firmly agree. You know, and I, I, I'm really lucky because play, you know playing like playing blues, and not just playing a blues song, but playing blues and playing blues mm -hmm. well relies on dynamics. It's a huge. It's mm -hmm. a it's a bring it up and pop it down. You know, or, mm -hmm. or start a song out quiet and leave it there. Yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. knowing how to adjust your tone accordingly as well, mm -hmm. you know, and cleaning things up and getting things real nice and real nice and clean for a couple songs, and then getting dirty later. Yeah, right. And I've always just, I, you know, I I just look at dynamics and um, as you know, I, I understand you know loud and soft, fast and slow, but these are these are a commonality that go across you know many major and minor. There's always a duality going on between two. Things and there's you know masculine, feminine, mm -hmm. you know sharp and round, you know, mm. and, and you know treble and bass, you know right, all these yeah. all these you know so they're all you have to treat each one you know with the same amount of respect and and also and give the attention to whatever you know is fitting you know and that's you know finding a, a you know even like you know percussion too you know and um, other you know other you know juxtapositions there you know and, uh, differences is like um, you know, uh, erratic, straight and swung, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> and, you know, and understanding, you know, and rhythms, you know, very polyrhythmic versus very simple yeah. rhythms, um, you know, and, you know, swung and straight in blues, you can, you can put the two together and you can overlap them, mm -hmm. you know, and it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just that creates, it's, it's called te creating tension, you know, but you can't create tension if you're loud all the time, if you're loud all the time, mm -hmm. then it just stays, you mm -hmm. know, at, on 10 and it stays there. Yep. But, but if you, you know, keep it down at two for a while and then go to 10, it's so much more effective. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and you, yeah, I mean, it's just really effective when you do that. And, and I tell my, my students a lot that about dynamics is, is you gave me, you gave me a, a four and went to a seven. That's great. But what would happen if you gave me a two and went to an eight? You know, I mean, yeah, you know, really and, spread and that out. really spread it out, and and or or drop down to a two and still gave me a seven. The seven doesn't feel the same. Yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah, feel it doesn't. the same. It feels like this monstrous thing, but you really didn't get any louder. <laughs> yeah, you just went. You know, you just dropped it. Yeah. Another one is um, uh, complicated and simple. Mm -hmm. You know, that's good. You hear yeah. guys too many notes. You know, and if it's just too many notes, too many notes, too many notes, it doesn't mean that I'm saying that you can't play with a lot of notes to get a feeling, but if you can, you know, offset that with simple playing things, playing, you know, three note melodies mm. and hanging on that. And then, and you do that for a while, and then you can come out and fire and burn that, mm -hmm. fire and brimstone yeah. and just shred it. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this guy knows how to be patient. And mm -hmm. and and have have a delivery that's that's good. Something's happening, right? Something's and right and right now, I mean, we're getting into improv a little bit. I can tell what you're talking. You know, I mean, that that's the ultimate. Sure, know. it's just um, here in a minute. Let's let's talk. Let's come back to that with that that idea because there's all sorts of crap we could talk about with that because sure. that's what you're getting into. Tell me a little bit. 
tell me a little bit more about your your dad mom about what their like what their like strengths musically were that you, you already talked about playing blues a little bit was there was there anything specifically that they were both like extremely good at yeah my dad was was really good at um he you know he could really put songs together well um, that was one thing that he was very good at. Then my parents put the first blues CD out in Kansas City. Oh, wow. Done. It was like the first CD. Oh, oh. This is like 90. This is when CDs were yeah, pretty. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know when the CD came out. Probably 85, yeah, maybe. Right. I don't, I'm not sure yeah. of the facts on that. But yeah, they came, they put a, they put a CD out. Yeah, Everybody yeah. else was putting out tapes. Yeah, right. You know, but he put together great tunes. They That's still, cool, they still yeah. sound great. And the record still sounds great, you know. Um, so that was one of his strengths. And... You know his writing was was really strong, and uh, you know his playing was 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 good too. I mean, and uh, he was you know he he played more with feel than he did you know with flair, mm -hmm. you know, and was very very good at it. And he he played a Firebird, which you know a Gibson Firebird, mm -hmm. and so the treble pickup is bright, and he mm -hmm. used every bit of that brightness. Mm -hmm. you know? Some guys could get a, they just get a muddy tone and they just you know get through it, but he used that he used he'd snap these bright strings and play. Oh, yeah. You know in you know in the box and then sometimes you know high and outside is what I call it. Mm -hmm. That's how I call it. You know. So he had a very distinct style there, yes. tone wise. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool, man. That was my dad. My mom. My mom just has a beautiful singing voice. You know, my sister mm -hmm. got got a lot of her mm -hmm. stuff from 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 her mom. You know, from our mom, and you know, that's yeah. I, I played. Speaking of your sister, when we were up at uh, Eclipse, um, they I think it was the very first night I was there, and she called. Uh, or, or no, 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 somebody else called uh, Stormy Monday. And and I don't, I think I'd heard the song before because I didn't really know anything about blues. You sure, know, I, sure. I, I played since I was three, you know, I, I played long enough. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of those tunes I'd never, I think I'd heard Stormy Monday from, from Allman Brothers. The online, yeah, the, the absolutely. You know, I'd heard that song before, but so they got up there and she was up there on stage and she's like, okay, you know, and so she gets up there and it, you know, she just like destroys it, you know, I mean, yeah. she, it, was, it was awesome, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then I got off stage and, the, and I was like, yeah, man, I was talking to somebody else. I'm like, yeah, that went good. And, and they were, they were like, yeah, cause she could sing it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, they, they were like, don't, you know, I didn't call it, but they're like, yeah, don't call that tune when somebody can't really, that's just a song you need to like sing well. Yeah. And, and that was just cool sure. that she, she like, she didn't save the day, but you know, but it was a type of thing where she got up there and did her thing, and it always sounds awesome, you know. Yeah, like, that, that's a cool yeah. tune. It's got a cool chord change. Too, it does. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just, that's the kind of yeah. see. That's the kind of stuff I like. I like stuff with a couple extras. Oh, absolutely. What? Absolutely. So, and you talked about a little bit about like there was just because our our family wasn't wasn't that extreme, but my my grandpa's in like Nebraska Country Music Hall of Fame. Oh, it's beautiful. A, yeah, I mean, okay. he's played yeah. for. 65 years That's or something butt, man. and then my mom played in their family band it, was, it sounds similar to you guys just being in the family and uh but so you you were talking about did did you feel like you were forced to play never yeah no that was the thing you know and that was you know that goes back to my daughter too she was you know we were um you know there was a, a leaning for her to play music from my well, you know, from my ex-wife, and she did, but she wasn't really a musician, so she didn't understand it. So she said, "Well, your parents play, you know, your dad plays, so you're gonna play." So she started her uh, taking uh, classical piano instruction at the UMKC, mm -hmm. and it was a chore. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. she had a great teacher. She was really nice. She was a wonderful, wonderful classical pianist. But you know, to to be to be honest, the the, uh, the lessons were expensive. It took us a half hour to get down there. It took right. us the lesson and then a half hour to get home. All she wanted to do was relax. So that's like one approach, you know. And and it was just a chore to take her every week, you mm -hmm. know, and you know, and getting her to practice at home. So instead, mm -hmm. I got a piano. And I keep it tuned, and I keep it running very well. Yeah. And it's open; it just sits there. You're right. And they go over to it when they want, and yeah. she goes over and picks out melodies and songs, mm -hmm. and then she, you know. So yeah. it's just you just I think that's all you do. You just yeah. you don't make them play it; you just lay it out, and you surround yeah. them with them, like here, you know. Yeah. You got a piano laying around, and say, "This is the on button. Here's the headphones. Mm -hmm. Play whenever you want." Like we said, no toys on the piano, <laughs> you know, or you know, be, yeah, be careful. Here's a guitar. Don't take it apart. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's always crazy because, I mean, this is a real kind of almost a political topic in our country about do you make them or do you let them find it themselves? And you know, for me, I was, you know, basically made. I was too, you know, too young yeah. to even care, you know, three, but... Uh, but but it turned out awesome because I liked it, you know, so yeah. it's, it's really hard to give that balance of if they're gonna like it or not You kind of got to just try it But there's a lot of validity to what you just said about because you you can force a kid even at, at your young age or her You you can force them and you you can kind of go drill sergeant on them a little bit But you can't make them like it no. You can make them be good. It happens all the time, you know. I mean, yeah. you know these, you know, six-year-old Asian kids, and they're playing like book six of Suzuki already, you know, like yeah. at six years old. And so you could like make them do it, but you can't make them love it. No, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be it's it's, you know? a, it's a labor of love. I think any mm -hmm. instrument, you know, when you take on a, a principal instrument, it's a labor of love, and you really have to you have to want it. Yeah, you know, I saw I saw so many kids that just every week they wouldn't do their homework, they didn't want it, they mm -hmm. don't want to practice, and then there's other kids that just can't get enough of it. Yeah, you know, so it's got to be and the labor of love has to come from you. So yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. So so about that, talk talk a little bit about talk a little bit about trampled underfoot. With you guys yeah. playing together, yeah, no, that's what everybody you know. A lot of people know you guys from, you know. Sure, it was a very special, very special, unique band. It was, uh, you know, it was it was about me and my brother Chris and my sister Danielle, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, we, we um, I was um, when I graduated from Paseo, um, I graduated at seventeen, and uh, just because of my age. My, where my birthday falls in and everything. So I stayed around town for the summer after that, and then I moved to Philadelphia, New York. And I lived up there for about nine years. And about seven years in, I had a successful band out there and toured the country mm -hmm. out of Philadelphia and got to have some amazing opportunities out there. Um, that's how I spent my, my 20s. <clears throat> and then uh, when I was about 25, um, after about being out there for about seven years, then... Um, I was on the phone with my brother and sister one night, and uh, I could—I had a key member of my band that, that had chose to go the, the corporate route and, and mm. start a family, and he's doing very well, um, which is great. Um, but it kind of felt like the band had changed, and I was kind of just ready to kind of move on into something new. And it just so happens that my my brother and sister called me, and they said, you know, hey, let's let's play together, and you know, and Danielle, she hadn't really played bass. But she was playing guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, Chris was already playing drums, and mm -hmm. so we we're like, "Well, let's do this. You know, if we're gonna, 
we're going to do it. Let's do it. And thing. I was like, well, I want to get a base and learn. And I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, you don't just jump in, but, right. but she did. She jumped in and within a, you know, within a year she was already gigging on bass and, yeah. you know, and just took right to the bass guitar. So, and it, so I had still hadn't moved, I had, you know, I hadn't moved home yet. And then I said to them, I said, well, instead of, I said, I'm set up out here. I've got shows and right. I've got a place and I got a house, you know, I got a house, I'm renting a house and <clears throat> I've got it all set up. You guys just, why don't you move up here instead and we'll stay here for a year or two. And, and then we can move back to Kansas City if anything mm. works out, you know. So they moved up and lived with me, and that's where the band started. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, band. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and then, uh, and then we, were, and we were touring back and forth between Kansas City mm. and Philadelphia, playing stops along the way. Yeah. And it was, a, it was our little trail that we were running. That's cool, yeah. And, yeah, and so we, we come home and play a ton of shows. We'd go back there and play a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of kept going back and forth. And then eventually it was just like, you know, let's, let's move home. Yeah. Because yeah. we're missing Kansas City. And, and I was too, you know, and it was, it was, it felt appropriate for me to go, to come back home, you know, after doing that for so long, um, mm-hmm. with my family to play in a band that ended up being really successful, you know? Oh, so yeah. we toured around the mid, so we moved back to Kansas City and we started, we were playing six nights a week, yeah, just well, playing yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, just making our hundred bucks a night you know, all over town, and then we started touring around the Midwest, and we built up our, quite a, quite a little following for, mm-hmm. you know, for a family band, and then, and then um, in 2008, we went down to, you know, Memphis, and, and we competed in the mm-hmm. IBC, and we won. That was my next question, yeah, so how, yeah. Was, how was that, just getting to do that experience? That was neat, that was neat, because my parents played together, they had a band, um, and they competed, and they never got out of camp, they never got to the, they, they would, they might make it to the finals. Right. They did it like three or four times. They yeah. might make it to the finals, but that was about it. So we made it to the finals, and they sent us down to Memphis. And then, and then, you know, we we had uh, worked hard to hone our set and keep and follow the rules mm-hmm. and keep everything the way it was. Danielle had competed in it too. I think she made the finals mm-hmm. one year before we even uh, were talking about having a band together. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's, that's how that cool. is. so we you know and so we we approached it correctly and you know I had played all original music and we won the we won the thing and then uh and I also got the uh, uh, best guitarist award yeah wow so you know and that's that was kind of under your breath right there we won the thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah no it was it was really awesome yeah, it was yeah, really yeah, awesome cool. yeah so like so this is one question that that I didn't even think to ask you but I've had this theory about Kansas City musicians in general. And to me, I and what and what I'm what I mean by when I say like a studio guy, because there there's obviously like Nashville studio guys that are ridiculous, you know. I mean, yes. they're killer players. Yes. But I think what I'm talking about when I talk about like Kansas City has basically all studio guys. What I, what I mean is like kind of a lower level of that of everybody, you know, pretty much the entire scene can get up there at a jam and go, okay, shuffle in A, all right, here we go. You know, they, they can pretty much handle those funk shuffle slows and whatever key you want. Yeah. And then right now, and they're just, you know, and that's kind of what our entire scene is like. They're, they're pretty much all these studio guys that they can sort of handle any blues you're throwing at them. Yeah. But in my opinion, in this town, I think we've got about 94% studio guys yeah. and then six percent actual acts sure you know that that's my opinion and sure. i think there's like literally like five real acts in this town and then 96 percent bands and yeah. and my and i've said this before on the show that there's a whole bunch of like 
four random 50-year-old guys playing blues. Yeah, right. Four random 30-year-old guys playing rock. And these 50-year-old guys, they're great. They've been playing 35 years, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they can they, play they, any they rock you want or any... But, but they're four random guys, you know? Sure. Now, when you get, like, Samantha up there... She's like an act, right? Mm -hmm. You know, this, you know, good looking chick. She plays the crap out of her guitar. Like everybody comes to see her, you know, and she's on that act kind of realm. Like I I can, I talk about like the idea of, of JLo and then her backing band, you know, it's like, nobody cares about these guys and they need JLo because nobody would come. But then she'll sit there for six months in the studio until it's perfect, and she kind of can't do anything either without all these like kind of badasses behind her, you know, to make her look good, you know. So absolutely. So it's kind of the symbiotic relationship. But I would argue that your guys' thing that you had was one of those acts in town, you know, kind of this absolutely. family band. You had uh, Danielle up there singing really good. You had you shredding on guitar. I mean, you guys had like an act. Do you think that's uh, fair? assessment definitely definitely you know for kansas city too um i think you know kansas city's also got uh you know a rich jazz history too Mm -hmm. you know i mean we got bobby watson you know Mm -hmm. and he's definitely like an act he's an act yeah Mm -hmm. you know um, lonnie would be an example lonnie mcfadden if you know him he is a star i mean he's the front man you know yeah Yeah, absolutely you know um yeah but uh you know it's had you know pat metheny's from kansas Mm -hmm. city yeah uh there's there's not very not too many but there's a lot there's some Oh, good yeah. guys that were from here but yeah, right. but yeah no I, you know I, I see that a lot you know acts you know you know there's you know but there'll be more there'll be more mm-hmm. acts from Kansas but but yeah you know there's definitely I like Kansas City's blues edge because you know I, I always kind of describe Kansas City's blues players I mean there was there was some of the old old dudes playing mm-hmm. blues when I was a kid I was really fortunate to get to play with them oh, but yeah, you know Kansas cool. City's got a swing you know it's mm-hmm. got a swing to it and it's got you know, it's definitely got a, it's not Delta blues. It's right. definitely, it's, uh, you know, it's more jazz, it's more uptown, it's, it's mm-hmm. really hip, you know. So I think that, that, you know, that, you know, is a great attribute to have, you know, being a part of a big band, like, you know, a very successful band. You know, right. There's some guys, but, but yeah, you know, as, as far as acts, as far as acts go, there's, there hasn't been too many from mm-hmm. Kansas City, you know. See, I bet, I bet, and, and I'm just guessing because I haven't really been down there, but, I guess I would guess that Nashville wouldn't be quite like that. I would bet there would be a lot of like front men trying to make it on the street down there in Nashville. Oh you know yeah, I mean? like the yeah, there's and, piles of them. And I'm meaning like the percentage wise of musicians, because I mean it really seems to me, and I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but it's like ninety four to six here. Yeah, you know, right. I mean that's what it feels like to me. And I bet Nashville or maybe New York isn't like that. It's a different percentage of. The people that are like actual true front men exactly. and then all the see see me i'm on the studio you know i'm not a true front man you know i'm the yeah. person you hire in your country band for the wicked fiddler or whatever yeah, you, call them, fiddler, you know yeah you know, that, that's my role that i fit best in you know for sure, and for samantha sure. her best role is to be the front person and have go go behind her you know like yeah that, or you know badasses like him you know to, to back her and sure exactly and uh, I just thought that was really cool that you guys had your 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 thing going with your band because it, it really was a sh- it, it felt more like like a show you yeah. know in in the sense of you guys having the family thing plus you guys are really good musicians so sure was, yeah yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like you know, but you know, yeah, can that front person actually match the talent of the artist that they're playing with? Mm, yeah, can they? I know, and that that's always the trick. 
you mm-hmm. know? And, and that's one thing that, uh, what a front person should do is they, they always want to get, you know, well, not better, but you've got to put at least <laughs> your quality up behind you or else it's just, I mean, it's, yeah, it's bad. You know, so, um, well, so, okay. So let's, let's move on. So you talked about the idea of improvising and I love your idea of this opposites thing you were talking about earlier. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Um, yeah. Talk about that some more. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, speaking, you know, um, so, so you got like, um, we were talking about, uh, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, the different shapes of sound, you know, and, and different qualities of licks and lines and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and you're mixing major and minor, uh, pentatonic scales against each other. Mm-hmm. And I always describe it as like, you know, you're, you're in blues, your dominant seventh arpeggios, like your skeletal structure and or whatever chord you're on. And then, you, you know, you move over that with um, minor pentatonic for, you know, a blues, heavy blues, like happy and sad, we'll say. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so the sad is the minor blues pentatonic scale. And so, <clears throat> And then you have the major pentatonic scale, which is the happy. And so, you know, you can phrase, you know, things in with the arpeggio and and uh, accent them whichever way you want to go at that mm-hmm. point, you know, that moment in time. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how I see it. Um, you know, as far as, you know, improvisation too, uh, knowing your fretboard really well and, you know, knowing all of the, the different, fi- you know, you know, there's, you know, there's like there's five zones on the guitar, five positions, you know, mm-hmm. knowing be able to play in, in all those different positions and get, th- you know, get to them, get to all the different chord changes in each position, you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely, but, you know, but, you know, speaking on concept though, you know, I, I, I listen, I listen to other players for licks and for inspiration, mm-hmm. but, but mainly I try to go with my heart and what I want to play and what, mm-hmm. and what I hear. And sometimes uh, but and that goes even uh, kind of across genres a little bit. Like I'll do like a more of a throwback blues thing on mm-hmm. one song, and the next one I'll do a full on rock kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, and you know, and there's so many. But yeah, that you know, but in, in a blues improvisation, um, another thing to go over is like talking about Stormy Wendy earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you really if you really love blues and you play blues and listen to it, you know, you got to say, well, which version? Yeah, you yeah. know, when you're talking Almond Brothers, they're all yeah, great, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all killer version. You know, Lou Rawls has a great version of Stormy Monday, and it's a swing. You know, they call it Stormy Monday, right? Tuesdays and Tuesdays, yeah. But and then there's um, Almond Brothers, the straight ballad, yeah, sort of. Yeah, and then yeah, Bobby yeah. Blue Bland. Uh, I think Almond Brothers are getting more closer to Bobby Blue Bland, mm. but Bobby Blue Bland's style is completely different. The chords are the same. But the way the band approaches it's a little different. Yeah. But you know, and of course there's different. But you know, you can you can play one. You can play Storm Monday, and, and pull things from each one of those three mm-hmm. versions. Yeah. You know, so which is totally fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and uh, you know, and mixing 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 the styles up is really cool. You know, Kansas City and uh, Kansas City's also got we got like a booty blues thing mm-hmm. going on too. You know, like DC Bellamy. Um, he's a blues singer in town. He's a killer, you know. Um, you know, guys like that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody, you know. JJ kind of fits in there a little bit. Mm. A little bit. He's more of a soul singer. Um, 
but he does some of that blue stuff too. But he's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, there's two or three different things going on in Kansas City as far as blues. But those different approaches are what I use for, you know, to look for inspiration in improv, mm. you know. I always like to come up with that. I, I, like, to, I like to write uh, heads, even at jams. Mm. Yeah. When I'm playing. yeah. And I always, especially if I'm playing with somebody else, it's like, it's like we're kind of in a session and, and, uh, and, you know, they want me to back them up and play guitar, lead guitar. And I'm walking in and, you know, I know we're going to do a blues song, so I know that I can just do it. But I always come up with a theme. You know, that's another thing too. And the theme changes. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes they're great. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, but I think that's the, that's the spontaneity of, of creating and writing and, you know, and, 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 uh, impro improvising, you know, to mm -hmm. me is, you know, you know, rather than playing something really esoteric and out there, you know, playing something that just sticks, sticks with something, you can hopefully stick with somebody and stay. Oh Yeah. yeah. And I'm, and I'm also very, and see that, we're just talking about melody and, you know, and melody and chord structure, but rhythmic, I, I study polyrhythms, I've, you know, I do, I have a pair of drumsticks and a practice pad, you know, and I work my, my you know, paradiddles, double paradiddles, mm -hmm. single stroke rolls, you know, I think it's important, you know, if you really want to dig into a drummer, Drop you know, why not, lingo. why not, yeah, why not study it, <laughs> yeah, why yeah. not study it, why not learn yeah. your, one of your flams and your flam mm -hmm. taps, and you, you know, you know, and that stuff is great for your timing. Oh, it's yeah. excellent. You know, and I would sit there, you know, and do paradiddles really slow and just, you know, and just really, you know, get that. Why in. do you do them slow? Because it's, it's um, challenging. You really have to listen and you have to, con you have to concentrate mm -hmm. to, to play a really slow paradiddle correctly. Correctly, yeah. You know, and, and not, and not have, you know, waiver, you know, but um, studying time like that's really important for any mm -hmm. musician. You know, well, it's like if you're going to do a straight, you know, if you're going to play a, you know, if you're going to play a 16th note straight riff over a shuffle, you have to, you know, for it, for it to run smooth, you really have to um, know, you know, your 16th notes really well to be able to play them over a different rhythm mm -hmm. and have everything line up and sound what they call effortless which is takes all the effort in the world to become effortless. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that would probably be two of my uh my when I tell my students of two practice tips that are probably the three would obviously be the first one would obviously you got to practice. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the number one number one problem with every single teacher and they're not even going to tell you to keep it close. <laughs> you know, those yeah. students just need to practice more. But the two and three would be practice it slow. You know, that's, yeah. that's one of them. And, and nobody wants to do that. They want to take, they want to take the song at tempo right now. All right, here, now. Yeah. You got to do those paradiddles, you know. Yeah, but practicing da, da, dee, da, da, you know, whatever the rhythm uh -huh. is and, you know, blah, blah, blah. no, da, you know, da, da, dee, da, you know, da, 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 yeah. Da. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then the second one would be do it in like parts, whatever the song is. Do you know work on just your left hand or just your right hand, or work on just the chorus, sure. or just work on just your paradiddle. You know, yeah. You know that that would be my two rules of of you know good top three rules of practicing that nobody wants to ever do. No, it's true. And it's that's true. why these that's why these idiots are actually in the symphony because they they were willing to sit there and do that. They did. They did. The, they did the, the busy work. The yeah, they work, did their busy know. work. Um, you you were so with that opposites idea. I thought was that was so funny because I I've done that with my students too. Where I like because this is sort of a you know a teaching kind of thing. So when people ask me like, or when I've had my students do improv, 
a lot of times, and this definitely happened to me where I sort of plateaued, you know, I had, I had a bunch of plateaus, you know, you'd Uh kind of find some stuff and then after a while you started sounding the same and then you'd get some inspiration or think of like triplets or something and oh, I can use triplet. And then, so now you've added triplets, but then you come to like another plateau where you sound the same again and then it's the plateau and the plateau. And one thing that I've tried to tell them is this opposites idea, like you said, of, and I love the one that you said about, about maybe, maybe like how to build your solo, you know, and, and the, the typical is start, start pitiful and then build it, you know? Yeah. So, so that's maybe getting to your simple complex idea, right? Like, like talk about that. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, another, another thing about soloing is, um, to stay out of ruts because I would find myself mm-hmm. getting at it. And I did for a little while. I was playing the same runs. I had mm-hmm. these, these rabbit trails that I would just same keep, riffs keep over. Running, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, no grass grows there. Grass is growing everywhere else, but there's a couple spots. But no, I, I so I, I no grass growing. You know, and I went. You know, they played that like ten times. You know, and I, I, and I play. You know, and I will do some of the same licks and I catch them. Yeah, no, and I like them, but I always struggle. I, I don't struggle. I, I, I strive. I don't struggle. Well, we all struggle. Mm-hmm. Struggling artists, oh, tor- tormented souls. No, um, I want to. I want to play a new lick uh, every night. Yeah, and something yeah. new that I have never played. You know, something that just with through being creative. And how about that rule? Play a new lick every night. I yeah. like that. I and, like that. You know, you take and, and I'm still playing blues. I'm always going to play blues. But but what I do do is um, I use rhythm to find new legs. Mm, talk about that. That's you awesome. Know, you know, um, you, you know, using polyrhythms and, uh, you know, subdividing and you can, you can, you know, subdividing, you, you know, you take a, you take a, a pulse and you double it, triple it or whatever. And you can, and you, um, but it's when you take it out when you take a, mm. <clears throat> when you take, um, when you take a pulse and you cut it in half and then you cut it in third yeah, uh-huh. and you play you know, you know, bop, 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 and then, then bop, 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 and then that's then that when you stretch that out. But we're not just we're not playing just one note every three beats. It's actually those are accents to all this other stuff that you can that you can you know. So you hit the high. So you hit your high note every one of those pulses. Yeah. Or um, you know, um, yeah. Or you can take you, you know, I'll take uh, and I just just doing this with blues riffs, you know, mm-hmm. you know, playing straight, you know, when it's you know over a shuffle and making it sound right, mm-hmm. or you know, I always always I always like messing with good drummers. Oh sure, you know, and just get it, trying to get them to follow me, or I'll start following them. Like some of their their fills and well, stuff. Well, your brother. Yeah, I mean, he probably deserves to be messed with a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. My, no, my brother's to, a turd. We used to do. We used to do it all the. Yeah, we used to do, we used to mess with we mess with each other all the time. He's a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 funny. Take that, you know. You know, or like you know, uh, you know, just just trying to find simple things. I'm sure he gives it right back, doesn't he? Oh so, yeah, the audience man. You know that's yeah. But that's but I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far over their head. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's that's because you can't go too far out, or else the song just you know totally falls apart. You know, yeah, it gets yeah. kind of sterile and just weird. Yeah, you know, and like another one that I thought of, and you just sort of mentioned it is, and jazz guys are king at this, where they will literally take it out of time. You know, they well they'll they'll be playing and they'll be riffing on you know 
down to get a and you know they had that little big run that was totally out of time and then now they you know lock back in hard and so there's your opposites again exactly. in time out of time in time and yes the out of time always sounds really dumb but when you lock back in it sounds freaking awesome you know yeah and, because all of a sudden you you got you pulled it off you mm -hmm. know? and 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 like you said about the rhythm i love that idea of when you can't think of something screw with your rhythm Exactly. You know, I, I, exactly. I love, I love that. That's what it is. And 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 you were talking about a whole bunch of these examples of when you're stagnant, and then you know I I look at it as like the parts of music or whatever your dynamics, your rhythm, your notes, mm -hmm. your uh, for us like our bowing, um, your articulation, your yes. tone. You know all all of those those ideas that you can like take one of them and you go dynamics. And then now you do the same crap, but you drop it, build it, dry mm -hmm. in, and all of a sudden now you're like, you sound different from the last song, yeah, right? It's, or, it's, or your rhythm or it's whatever. It's about like talking too, you know? You think about some of the, the best speakers. I mean, but before I say this, I'll say that, you know, a rest in music is a note. You know, it's there. It means something. It's worth something. When you see somebody talking and they're giving a speech, and they're just fucking, and they're, they're just, they're just rambling and rambling and da 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 It gets, you kind of tune it out. Yep. But when you, when you really give space where it's needed the most, like Shatner, you know. And there's, yeah, that's your opposites again. Space, no space, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's absolutely awesome. I wish, or that's... To me, that's like one way to do it, but I think it's a pretty awesome way to conceptualize it if you're stagnant. It's a simple, you know? it's a simple way of looking at it that yeah. you can you can really, and I think any any player can can kind of can get something from that, whether you're a drummer mm -hmm. or an experienced player, new player. You know, there's people, the guys that get, you know, they get. We all do this a lot, and you can get burnt out. You know, you got to mm -hmm. find ways. It's just a real simple way to think about. It, I think. That you oh can yeah. Do. So yeah. that's great, man. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so. So we got about uh, you know a couple more here. So do you have any other like pieces of advice for younger giggers, maybe the twenty-ish, you know, twenty to thirty-ish year olds that that really want to do this stuff? Yeah. Like maybe even non-musical. You know, we talked a lot about music stuff. Do you have any kind of general? Oh, just just you know, want? just to, you know, um, if you know, play what you really want to play. You know, uh, you know, and and. and Go after it. Listen to, for musicians, you know, I would say listen to as many different styles of music as you can, mm -hmm. and listen to, learn how to appreciate, you know, a great mandolin player in a bluegrass band and in a, in a wonderful violin player, and, you know, it's guitar players, drummers. I one of my favorite musicians are drummers. Mm -hmm. You know, some of my favorite musicians are drummers, and learn about them. You know, and you know, and I, you know, like those front people we're talking about, acts. You know, find all those guys that you know, Howlin' Wolf. You know, you know, you learn to appreciate him as much as you appreciate Ricky Skaggs, you know, or, uh, you know, and listen to Jeff Beck, you know, mm -hmm. and, and of course, you know, throw on some Jimi Hendrix now and again mm -hmm. and listen to the B-sides you don't ever hear, mm -hmm. you know, and just listen to these people, you know, the, what, the freedom that they have when they play, you know, and, and their uniqueness and their unique qualities and, and try to find that, find your own unique quality and, you know, and work hard on it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
that's what I would say for music. I mean, just have fun with it, you know, but have fun, but work hard. You know, that's the thing. If, you know, if you're good at doing that, you know, you can, you can find your own voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that balance. We, we, we deal with that constantly in classical, you know, I mean, cause they're, they can get very drill sergeanty in classical and, and there's a room, there's a purpose for that because you can get insanely good, but you can get burned out and you forget the fun. And then there's other blues guys that, you know, they yeah. learn, you know, they learn their three, key, yeah, their five keys and their three styles and then that's it. Yeah, and then they stop practicing for you know for the next yeah. fifty years, you know, and they, and the, for them it's all fun, and there's no like, there's no work, and they never get any better. No, you know, don't so, forget, yeah, don't forget, yeah. don't, and if you know, and you, you know, you practice, but don't forget to play. Mm-hmm. You know, don't forget mm-hmm. to play out, go to jams, and and just get cut your teeth on stage. I think a lot of people, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. Not everybody's really always just the most extroverted person, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, I mean, I've spent so much time on stage. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, it was it. I was never had stage fright or anything like that. But you know, because my parents were around, and I was always around it. Right. But then you get up on stage and start trying to put a show on. You know, you've got to um, you got to find that extroverted side of yourself, and you know, and that just comes from doing it. And you know, just like you know, if I was on a crime scene, you know, you know, like a horrible crime scene, right. or in an operating room, or, 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 yeah, or if yeah. I was in an operating room, I would yeah. be just freaked out right you yeah. know <laughs> but, yeah, right. but on stage though you know so you know i think that's i think that's what i think that's a lot of younger folks can uh, uh, need to work on too is just being on stage being comfortable you know mm-hmm. take a take a speech class learn mm-hmm. how to give learn how to give a nice speech and stand up there by yourself in front of an audience of people and entertain them for 10 minutes with a lovely speech that you have well prepared yes. and will deliver well you know that, that can something add, you know about something topic you know, you know about yeah, 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 exactly. yeah i like i like that because there's a ton of people that they love coming and listen to all of us play and then they're like well why don't you get it? oh no 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 no, no. you know and then you yeah. can see there yeah i'm i ain't getting up there no 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 and and then but <laughs> but i guarantee you there's a ton of like when i ran my band i was much more worried about the talking to the audience part than the playing or the singing but don't we all want to be up there though and do that we want to be up there and play. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, but the talking to the audience part, you know, uh, yeah, thanks for coming. You know, and that's all I had. You know, I didn't have any jokes. I didn't know but You don't have to be a star. I mean, it's, yeah. I, did, I, did, I didn't start playing music because I wanted to be a star. Mm-hmm. I started playing music because I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just love to play. Yeah. You know, and I want to put on a good show and I want to make people happy. And if and this is, you know, especially for new players that are just getting out, you know, getting to... Uh, feel comfortable with yourself on stage there's you know and that mm-hmm. that comes from effort and, and, and opening up and and also being able to look at a huge crowd of people and just ah I'm here mm-hmm. I'm here yeah I like what you said too about the about listening to other musicians because I think that you know this is again talking about myself but I think that's one of the things that kind of freaks people out when they listen to me is they're expecting a fiddler and I don't give it to them. Yeah. You know, they, right. I, I give them something else. I don't know what I am, but, I, but I'm not a bluegrass style fiddler. I mean, you go, no. and, and so that's kind of what they're expecting. But I think one of the reasons for that is because I don't fiddle. It's more like, dynamic. It, well, it's more dynamic and I'm a classical player trying to play blues, you know, or, sure. or country or whatever. And, uh, but one of the reasons for that is 
I don't ever listen to violin players. Mm-hmm. I've heard, you know, thousands of them over the years for orchestra yeah. and stuff. But when I listen to like stuff, I'm listening to Fish and Pink Floyd and like, you sure. know, and Stone Temple Pilots and like jazz and horn players and singers and drummers and like, so I, I don't ever listen to violin players. Plus there's like four of us in the entire history of the world to listen to anyway, yeah. but uh, because there's not that many. There's, you know, eight million guitar players, but true, true. But, but the one of the reasons why I think is because I don't ever listen to violin players. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I play like, but I don't play like a violin player. I, Man, you know, my, one of there's my value is, in that, huh? One of my favorites is Stefano Pelli. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course we love him, but if you're ever getting stagnant, just put, take your instrument, put a little Stefano Pelli mm-hmm. and, and Django Reinhardt, if you play play violin or guitar, put this on and just learn a couple licks. Yeah. Grab what you can. Yeah. And because they're he's the king. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Just grab a couple because they have. And I watch, you know, you watch people and you watch styles and, you know. The difference between you know different players but uh, you know those guys create a style and that's what I really that's when I first kind of came with this I noticed that about them they because they have a huge body of work they created a style of constant improvisation it's that's got themes that you'll hear in certain songs you know that'll go back and forth a little bit but they're always pushing the envelope and always coming up with new legs mm-hmm. so Trying to come up with that style where you're always inventing something new. Yeah, that's you know? that's really cool. It's it's hard it's hard to get into that because we all want to not rip. You know, we're not doing it intentionally, but we all are playing stuff that we've heard yeah. for for twenty years that we've listened to, and we end up being you know baby Stefans, you know, or something. Yeah. And it's really hard to come to that mentality where no, I'm going to be the next one, not sure. not you know Stefan two. You know, I'm going to yeah. be the next. You know. If you, it's, it's you, to... if you listen to Steve Ray Vaughan play, I mean, when, he's, when he, he, he got his first breakout song, he recorded that song with David Bowie. That was mm-hmm. his big breakout tune. And he's playing the same stuff that he plays in Texas Flood. And he, mm-hmm. he's a very consistent style kind of guy. Doesn't really get too outside of his own box. Mm-hmm. But he was very good at it. Oh, yeah. You know? But, you know, you know, those, you know that's, there's a certain art to that, too. But... Um, you know, I like to think, uh, just listen to all different kinds of players and try yeah. to just pick up licks. I pick up licks off of fiddle players. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, I pick up licks off of, yeah, all kinds of African music I listen to. Mm-hmm. Just, I've opened my mind up for so long now, you know. That's great, man. And Stevie, uh, last thing I'll say about that is Stevie it always cracks me up. And him and Santana always remind me of each other in the sense that there's, you know, and Santana, I'll take him as an example, you know, there's, there's a million better guitar players in the world, but he like he like made a genre uh-huh. like Latin rock. Nobody ever done that before. When and you hear him play, you can you know it's him. Yeah, and and Stevie would kind of be the same way, yeah. where he has this Texas blues thing going on. And even though you know there's other players that are really good, he he was so unique that there there's there's some major league validity to that about the uniqueness of what he mm-hmm. bring rather than his technique. You know, being the yeah. Well, his 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 overall too was he was paying tribute to Albert King, mm-hmm. which is funny. You know, and my favorite there's the three kings. There's you know BB King, Freddie King, and Albert King, mm-hmm. and each one's completely different. Um, and each one of them I love the most. But I you know I really started with BB King because I used to get to go see him you know in Kansas City mm-hmm. whenever he came yeah. through. And and I didn't ever see Albert King. I think he passed away, and Freddie did too. Um, but, you know, coming into those three different guys, you know, Albert King is a monster, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I think Stevie Ray Vaughan 
went to him for because if you listen to Albert King play and then you listen to Steve Vaughn, you're like, oh my lord, this is where he got his whole thing. Right. Yeah. But he even did a record with him, you know, and he's mm-hmm. just paying tribute to this guy in the in the most in the honest and kindest way. Mm-hmm. And it's such it was you know such a beautiful thing to see a guy devote his entire playing style to one guitar player and having a great career out of it and making some great records, mm-hmm. and, you know, and recordings, you know. That's cool, man. But if you want to be the next Steve Ray Vaughan, then you have to find your unique quality mm. and learn how to make it shine. That's yeah. how you do it. You don't, you don't learn all of his songs and play like him and buy his guitars and wear his hats. <laughs> you know, you don't do all that. You find your own style and you, something that, 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 you know, that really sets people off like that. Yeah. Um, last question for you. Um, do you have a kind of, you kind of already talked about IBC being, being kind of a crazy moment, but can you, you think of kind of a crazy gig that you've had that you'll never forget or a funny one or oh, a man, terrible been, there's one? There's been a ton like, of them. There's been a ton. But there's one I was just thinking about that when you were telling, you know, when we were talking about this. I was, uh, I was getting to play, I got to play at the North Pole up in Svalbard <laughs> in a town called Longyear Bayan and it's called the Dark Season Festival. And what it is, is, is it's so far north that the sun, they yeah. have the, mid, the, you know, the midnight sun in the summer, and then in the winter it just goes away for, for three months. And they have a thing called Dark Season Festival, and it's the last three days of sunlight. So the third to last day, there's sun for, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs> but it's kind of like, but it's, it's not necessarily all like that. It's like, it's like a long dawn, yeah, and then like yeah. forty five minutes of actual sun, and then a long sunset. Yeah, wow. And then that just gets even, sh- you know, shorter the next day, yeah. and then the, the next day, it's it's like hardly up at all. And then we were leaving, and uh, the last we stayed uh, actually a day and a half later, and it was completely night. Yeah, just the like whole it, time. You know, just the yeah. whole time. But and I was standing there with my buddy John Richardson. He's a really killer guitar player from Texas, and we were. We were hanging out, waiting for a shuttle to go down to the festival, and and, and I just, it was it was really clear out, and we could see the northern lights. Uh-huh. And they were green, and that's something just, else. I saw him, and I was like, John, I was like, look at that. And he goes, what? He goes, oh man, that's that's neat. Sometimes they're really really uh, uh, prevalent, but the night we saw him, it was just a flutter. But it was just it was just amazing. I was wow. like. That was a moment I was just like, we are far, we are far away from home. We're just an exotic. Yeah, yeah. You know. Wow. <laughs> and I bet that was that was wild because that situation was because of music. Exactly. Right. That you're sitting there. Right. Now. Yeah. We're just. Yeah. We're. You know. At festivals like this. This music is taking us everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That <laughs> that is pretty cool. Uh, that that you guys have got uh, you've gotten to do so many. So many of those cool things is awesome. Um, what's uh, what's next for you, man? Well, I just finished a I finished a new record. Um, it's called Crazy All by Myself, and it's uh, I recorded in L.A. with uh, Tony Bronigal, who did the last two Trampling Our Foot records, and I had uh, Bonnie Raitt's band back me up on the record, and uh, it's 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 just finishing now, getting mixed. And so I hope. Hey, don't be no, don't show. be name dropping on the show. Yeah, name dropping, <laughs> just name dropping. You gotta drop some, you gotta drop some names. No, it, so that was a really fun record to That's, make. And yeah, it, was, wow, it took it took it took about eight months to get done from end to end. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, 
with with uh, pre-production for most of it and then we just went in and killed it in the studio and got it done it sounds great that's awesome man yeah so I've got that out this year um, I'm gonna start touring in June and we've got a big West Coast tour that we're building up right now it's a little little ways off I have some small weekend runs between now and then but basically gearing up for a whole campaign for a new record for crazy all by myself that's, mm -hmm. the, that's cool man that's the big, wow that's the big plan well good definitely a good luck to you man I know every, everybody's uh, always really uh grateful to hear you come out to a jam or come to your shows and stuff you know i know you're well respected in town so definitely a definitely wonderful job and keep it up of course um so rob thank you so much you're welcome man thank yeah you. thanks I for really having a great time coming. here today thank you yeah thanks for coming and talking man we're trying to do these shows and uh you know get get some of this talent that we have out in kansas city to come come talk about what they think and stuff and it's I been pretty it's, fun i think it's great i think it's wonderful what thanks, you're doing man. for the community for everybody and you know and, you know much love and respect oh thanks man thanks um so so that's that's the end of the show uh come come check out all the other ones so this is our 25th uh, interview we've done so so come check out some of the other some of the other people we've interviewed and um yeah get the heck out of here we're done <laughs> this has been casey music talk See you later.